filled with filters and facades, The Real Life with Lacey is your sanctuary of authenticity. Join me as we unravel true stories that resonate with the human experience. And remember, our ultimate goal is to touch the heart of at least one viewer in every episode. This is where the power of real life takes center stage and the impact is real. Welcome to a journey of inspiration and connection. Welcome back to the Real Life with Lacey podcast. We took a short few week break for the holidays and now we're back and we are starting season two. So we are off with Joanna. Hi, I am Joanna Fisher. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. I'm pretty excited to hear about your crazy life. (laughs) <laughs> crazy <laughs> tip of the iceberg oh, here yeah. but all right well that's good then um I mean you're welcome here then okay so let's start from the beginning childhood I mean no one really knows what we're about to talk about but let's just start off slow how was your childhood my childhood was far from normal which is crazy because it was I always say this it's my normal uh-huh. Because we were, it was so excluded and closed off from the rest of the world that you don't know anything else besides what you're allowed to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a polygamous cult okay. in Utah. It was ran by Warren Steve Jeffs. I don't know if you've heard of him. I have not, no. Am he, I is, he is currently in prison for life and 20 years for sex crimes against children. Oh, wow. Okay, so yes. Utah. Yes. That's where you're from. Yes. And you were born into this... Is it considered cult? Yes, I call it. Yes, very much. (laughs) Okay. Very much. Okay. And so you were born into it. And so that means your parents were very, very involved in it. My parents were born into it. My grandparents were born into it. Oh, damn. This started, I believe, uh, they broke away from the mainstream Mormon church in 1880, I I believe. Oh, wow. Okay. And so how how big was the environment that you were born into, like, people-wise? Like, how many people were in this in the beginning it was my mom uh she was placed by and this is a little weird placed yes because they you don't choose who you marry you are placed by your spouse oh so there's no dating there's nothing like that so her her father essentially called her up and said hey do you know your second cousin joe joseph sitting or no fisher and she was like, I mean, I've heard his name. And he was like, okay, well, you're, you're going to marry him. At what age? I think she was 24 at the time, if I remember right. Is that old to be get married? I don't know. It changed because when it was Leroy S. Johnson, he was the prophet, so they say. He didn't like young marriages as much. It happened, but it was very rare. Oh, okay, okay. Then when Roland Jeffs, who is Warren's father, he took over, then... It was a little more common, but it wasn't really, really young. And when Warren took over, people were as young as 12 when they got married. So, Oh, yeah. wow. Okay, okay. So your parents, they were related. Yes. Okay, I just got that <laughs> I second. Really, I really hate that. I, yeah. I hate saying it, but yes, they were. Were they blood related? Yes. Okay. So it happens like this. It, you know, in polygamy, you have multiple wives. Mm-hmm. So... Her grandma, or my grandma, her mom, okay. and my dad's mom were half-sisters. Okay. So they were related, not like not really super close. Yeah, but there was some blood that went in the lines. Okay, got it. Yes. Okay. All right. So then grandpa calls your mom and is like, hey. Yeah, you heard of your, your cousin Joseph. Well, you're going to marry him. And she's like, oh, okay. Oh, you know, this is 
with what the prophet directed for, from God. So this is supposed to happen. What's the reason behind it? Do you know the religious really like? Well, it wasn't super common to marry related. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like it was a weird thing that happened a lot. It did happen because we grew up in a small town. There's five thousand people max. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Exactly. But why is it that this person is allowed to tell you who you're marrying? Why is it his job? Is that? Am I getting that correct? Yes. Okay. Why is it his job? Does he get um, a vision or something? Yes. Is that what it is? Okay. So he is getting direct. He's given direct, uh, basically direct guidance from God. Damn, this guy's got some power. Oh yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> a lot more than you think. Holy shit. So he's giving direct guidance from God who you are meant to be with and sometimes they know who you're meant to be with even when you're kids. Like you are not allowed to know until you're at the altar basically taking your vows. Okay. But you know, sometimes your dad tells you, sometimes you meet him when you're taking your vows. It's just different case by case. Okay, okay. So uh, your mom was told to get married to um, your dad. Yes. And then they, how'd that go? So they, they sort of went on a little bit of a date before, which is kind of rare. Not all people get to do that. And they're, you know, told, you know, don't do anything. You're not allowed to kiss or anything because that, that's not allowed. Yeah. I think they did, however. Oh. So. Well, at least they liked each other. Yay to my mom. Yeah, <laughs> she did like him. He was he was awesome. He was really, really awesome to my mom. But okay. So they were together. I don't know how long because this is, you know, I'm the, like, fifth child. So. Are you? Okay. Yes. So they had six kids together. So I would imagine, you know, probably about ten years. Okay. Give or take. A lot of them were a year apart. Okay. And are you living in normal, like, housing it was just us in one house at the time, so yes, it was just us two, and he had built the house, my dad. Okay, so it wasn't like you were living on, like, in a field with different houses. Like, no. This is a normal town. But these houses are huge. Yeah? They're big houses. Why? Like, 30 bedrooms. Oh, my God. That's yes. A, that's a... That's a university, like, dorm room sort of thing. Okay. And what's the reason for that? Is it because, did your dad have multiple wives? He never did. Oh, he didn't? Is that that normal? Yes, it's very uncommon to not have multiple wives there. Okay. So, they have six kids together. Mm -hmm. I'm three and a couple months old. You know, three years and a couple months, and my dad gets told that he has committed sins before he was married. So he is sent on what they call repentance. Wait, he was told that he he had done something bad before they got married? Yes. Well, what, do you know what it was? I think he had a relationship with a girl before he married my mom. Okay. And then they called him out on it. Yes. Many years later. Yes, and after wh- having six kids with my mom. And, and what did he have to do to, re- re- you said repent? Yes. Okay, what, what did he have to do? So they call it being stripped of your priesthood and all of your authority. Oh, was your dad a priest? They're, they all hold the keys of priesthood, or some authority of priesthood. Okay. But no, they are not the mouthpiece or the prophet. Interesting. Okay. All right. So then, <laughs> so I know I am totally learning as we go, and this is, yeah. this is pretty interesting. Okay. Okay. So then he was ripped. That was ripped from him. What did that mean? What did that mean exactly? Well, anything given can be taken away. Uh-oh. They took his family, his wife. My mom, Beverly, and he was sent to move out of town, move away, and go repent from it far is what they call it. So they took your mom where? She stayed in the town. She moved back in with her father at the time. Okay. 
And where'd you guys go? We went with her. Okay. He was sent out, and we were no longer allowed to have any photos or anything like that of him. Like, he was no longer a part of the community, a part of the gospel, or the priesthood work was what they called it. So he he went out, and she moved back in with her father, and a couple of months later, she married her oldest sister's husband as a third wife. She was placed by him. So she was forced to do this? She was told it was direction from God. They always say you're never forced, but there are always consequences if you don't obey. What kind of consequences? They'll take your kids, kick you out of town. Okay, so she was the third wife to her sister's husband? Yes. So she was sharing a husband with her sister? Yes. And But she didn't divorce your dad. Not legally. Yeah. Not until about 12 years later, 12, 13 years later. And uh, how old were you at this time? Like three and a half. So, okay. So you don't remember it happening then, right? I just remember that I have a few memories. I have one of my stepdad or one of my real dad. I'm sorry. One of my real dad. Okay. I'm sitting on his lap and I'm playing with his thumbs Uh and he's talking to someone. And I remember feeling very just kind of like I was a nuisance, kind of like I shouldn't have been there. Mm-hmm. And I kept trying to get his attention. I was like, you know, Dad, talk mm-hmm. to me. And he was re- really stressed. Yeah. I remember there yeah. was pink carpet. Hmm. And I just remember there was like a really weird feeling. Like I was almost like watching it from like a bubble I was surrounded in mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's the only memory I have of him. Okay. And then your stepdad, how did that go? Well, for a three-year-old who is, you know, placed into a family and told this is your dad, it's just some strange guy. Yeah. And I I was a troublemaker, I'll say that. So anytime I would do something he didn't like, then he would, you know, I'm going to punish you. And I'd be like, I will tell my dad. And it furious oh, him. Oh, I bet, I bet, I bet. And you had one younger than you, yes. right? Okay. And then how did the other children take it? Like, was everyone just like, we're just going with the flow. This is just what has to happen sort of thing? Sort of. I mean, there was tension, of course. There always is. Yeah. I don't know how you can share your husband with your sister without there not being tension sisters in general (laughs) sisters too like same mom same dad you know oh my god like okay so i really am interested in how that works do they just do you know the process like do they just take turns or whenever (laughs) whenever he's like okay i'm sick of you like okay you come it's more like they do as they're directed holy shit this dude's living his best life I don't know if he is, because here's the thing. He's given women that he didn't choose. Oh. And he is taking upon these kids that are not his without it really being his choice. It's directed from God. And you remember, if you go against what you're directed to do, they they take your family. He's got, you know, kids with this other woman. And what do they have? I think they would have had ten kids because she had a couple more after. Your aunt? Yep. Okay. And then who was the other wife? Her name was Ruth, and she actually had left the cult, but her kids were still there. So all eight of her kids were there, six of my mom's kids, and then 13 of the first wife's kids. What's he doing for a living to be able to, or does everyone work? Do the wives work too? The wives do not. Women are not really allowed to work. I mean, how can you feed that many mouths? We had older, like, my oldest brother was, you know, in his 20s. They went to work by the time they were mid-teens. I mean, they went against OSHA law all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. OSHA would show up on the job, and they had to hide all these 14-year-old boys that were out working, getting paid under the table. 
but that's how we lived. We had a lot of food stamps, a lot of government assistance, and they would, you know, claim to be single moms, even though they were married to a man and still having kids. So, holy shit. I mean, is it legal in Utah to have multiple wives? No. Okay, is it? Okay, so it's not legal anywhere. It's not legal anywhere. Okay. At least in the United States. Yeah, so they're not getting actually legally married then. No, you're only legally married to the first one. Yeah, so it's all just uh, they go through a ceremony. Do they do go, go through a ceremony? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, like, you guys must have had weddings all the time. Yeah? Pretty much, but yeah. uh, when I was, let me see, I was five years old because I think it was 2006, Warren Jeffs was arrested by the FBI. Okay, and who was this? Was this a prophet? He was the prophet at the time, yes. Okay. He was the one that placed my mom by... Her sister's older. Do you remember him? Did you ever meet him? I met him, but I was so small, I don't remember. Okay, so what did he get arrested for? Sex crimes against children. So was he having sex with minors? As young as 12, yes. Really? How did he get caught, finally? Uh, a girl like left the cult, and she finally came out and reported it. Shout out to her. Her name's Elisa Wall. I absolutely am thankful and love her because if it wasn't for her i probably would have been married young as well yeah but she was placed by her second cousin of 14 and so he got arrested for uh basically being an accomplice to rape okay and then later they found more evidence in the temple in texas i don't know if you know about the Mm -hmm. raid that happened in texas in 08 no it was the biggest custody case in the united states they took over 400 children oh my gosh and it was all this sort of cult Yes. Was yes. he in, Was he involved in that? that yes, that very much. Yes, he, he ran the whole thing. He had them build the temple there. And he he married himself to 82 women, I think, is the max. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And I bet he picked the hottest ones, didn't oh, he? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> God favored him. Oh, yeah. He was blessed. And it was like a treasure to be one of his wives. So oh, it was like all the women yearned to be with him. And you were, like, blessed if you were placed by him. And God directed that. Wow. How old was this guy? He was in his 50s. Now he's, I think, close to 70. And he's still in prison? He's got a life sentence in 20 years. And he's still alive? Yes. Okay. And so he, was he staying in your community when he got arrested? He was actually in Las Vegas. Doing what? Running. He was running. He was on the FBI (laughs) top most wanted list. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) I'm like, was he gambling over there, finding out real life? He did. He he did a lot of partying, things that his people were not allowed to do, which they were paying for. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so he did get arrested. And did that alter some stuff in your community? It stopped all marriages, which was great. Because no one was there to tell you who to marry? Well, no one can perform them except for him. Man. Yeah. He definitely put a lot of power in his own hands, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Was there someone before him that did that? His dad. Okay. Okay, so he learned that behavior for sure. Okay. All right, and then... So what happened when he left? The community just kept going on, right? They still believe that he is the prophet. They believe he's falsely accused. And they tell these people, and you don't understand how isolated this group is. Yeah. The land is all in a trust, owned by the leaders. They tell you where to go to work, what to do for a career, what monies to turn in. So you do all of that, and then there's no internet at all. Oh. Not even email was allowed. So was it kind of like Amish-ish? A lot, yeah. yep. A lot, but yeah. we had, we had like, landline phones. You know, people that went out and worked had the smartphones, but they were all, they went and, like, hacked into the hardware or something and made so they couldn't even connect to Wi-Fi. 
Oh my gosh. So there's none of that at all. And what is the reason for that? Is it because they say that it's, everything's evil out in civilization? Like They say that, and also, if you learn the truth of why this man is actually behind bars, who's going to believe him? Who's going to keep following him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But the punishment for even getting on the internet was you could be excommunicated from everything you know. You're born and raised that way. You're not even taught how to use money or how to even function outside of what they teach you. Excommunicated. So that means that they literally just shun you. Kick you out. You're, okay. you're, you're dead to your family. You're dead to everyone still there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, like your dad. Yes. Kind of, right? Yes. And did you, I don't know if we're jumping the gun, but did you see him again? The first time I met him, I was nine years old. Oh. My brother Joe passed away at 17. Uh-oh, he had a drowning accident. It's a little bit fishy. He was kind of young. Yeah. yeah. Drowning in what? Like a pond? or? A he was out swimming with some of his friends, and I think they say he panicked and went under. He was also excommunicated two years before when he was 15. Are you thinking something happened with that? <laughs> I, I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't want to, but it's crossed my mind. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, so 17, he passed away, and then your dad came to his funeral? Yes. So he was invited to the funeral, and he came through the viewing line. And you think, you know, this is our family. There's, like, 24 kids now. And oh, my fucking God. There's two <laughs> wives, and there's the stepdad. And so my dad comes through, and he gave me a hug. And it was so weird to get hugs there. Like, it, we didn't hug. We weren't super touchy. There wasn't a lot of, you never said I love you to your, you know, your mom never said it to you. Your dad never said it. It wasn't. We were very anti all of that stuff. So this strange man gives me a hug, and I ask my sister, I'm like, who is that? Like, that was weird. And she's like, that, that's dad. That's that. Oh, wow. You didn't recognize him? No. Because you they, didn't get photos, right? We didn't have any photos. They took all of that away. Oh, my like, gosh. Yeah. How terrible for your father, too. It's so hard because I've tried to build a relationship now being out, mm-hmm. but he still has those same beliefs. Oh, is he still in? He's still trying to get back. Oh, no. It saves his soul and all oh, of that. You know, there, there's a whole afterlife effect in all of this. And if you don't obey everything, then he is considered a son of perdition where he is basically tortured by the devil for time and all eternity. So, I mean, he's been trying to get back in for like 20 years. Like, yeah, 20 years. Yes. <laughs> like, who's going to uh, approve his ability to get back in? The dude's in prison, so who's the next one in line to approve him to get back in? Well, here's the kicker. <laughs> this is so interesting. His, his son, it's either his son or his nephew, is trying to come in and run it and start it again. Oh, his name's Helam and Jeffs. Yes. Helam what? Helam and Jeffs. Jeffs is the last name. Okay. Okay. This is okay. So, <laughs> so your dad is doing something, praying. I don't know, doing something to try and get back in, proving mm-hmm. himself or whatnot. So then it's not going to be a good relationship between you two because you're like, Dad, this shit's crazy. Exactly. Yeah. And he's like, you're getting in the way of my salvation and you know the saving of my soul. So you need to just keep doing what you're doing. I wish you the best, but just don't communicate with me. Basically. Oh my gosh. Okay, and now this is Mormon, but yes. it, but there's lots of Mormons. Like, I have people coming to the door that are Mormons. Are there different sort of phases? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Different cults, I guess. I don't know, because, like, I don't see that sort of craziness. I mean, obviously, we don't know if it's happening under our noses anyways, but is it mostly in different areas like Utah and Arizona and Texas? 
So there's a lot of groups in Utah. There's a lot of different uh, polygamy cults that believe that that's the true way to go to heaven. So you have to live polygamy. It's called they call it the plural marriage. You know, the law of Sarah. There's a lot of different terms for it. But you know, if you read the Bible, you know how uh, Abraham took upon Sarah's handmaiden to have mm-hmm. kids because she was barren, essentially. Mm-hmm. They take that term and they say, this is how we know that it's the word of God. So they take terms out of the Bible and then they have what they call their Book of Mormon, which is uh, what you've heard of. Mm-hmm. So they have the Book of Mormon as well. And then they just kind of create their own thing and use all of these different, you know, words or things in the Bible to justify why this is okay. Wow. Okay, and was there a lot of issues in your community of having sex with minors or marrying minors? or It's different by every family. Okay. I know some people that were raped by their dad. Oh, my God. And he did it in the name of, I'm preparing you for your husband and marriage. Oh, my so God. So it, it's different. Uh, that never happened to me, thank God. I did have a lot of, you know, because you have brothers that are not related and things like that. So I had a lot of trying to do it. But something my mom did, because I know that she dealt with some of that in her growing up years. Oh, yeah. yeah. So she would take me aside every night. And at first I thought it was strange. I was like, Mom, you know, why? this is kind of weird. You know, it's fine. And she'd be like, did anybody touch you? Oh, man. So she was prepared to, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah. So she did that to all of her daughters. She did it, uh, one of the older ones, uh, one of the boys did try to touch and get weird, and so that's when she started doing that. One of, like, the step? One of my full sisters. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. All right. And then, um, man, so then how long were you in? Until I was 17. <laughs> so born and raised, and then, you know, my mom oh, had my two God. more kids from my stepdad, so my two youngest, so now she has eight kids. My mom has eight in total. Oh my God, that's got to be rough on your body, too. I know, I know. Do, do they go to hospitals? Or do they have... They, they have their own clinic there. They have people that they've directed to go to doctor school and, you know, college and things like that, which they later got kicked out for. Got sent out on repentance because they went to school to become nurses and doctors because they were directed to. So that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they changed it all. The they time. changed the rules mm-hmm. to whoever. Maybe if they didn't like that person, and you're just like, yeah, yeah, you're out. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you have your own like clinics. Do you have your? I mean, you go off of that community area for the like the grocery store and stuff, right? We had our own grocery store too. What the heck? Everything was in like we sewed our own clothes. You should see like we wore like the prairie dresses. Just like Amish. Yeah, yes. Again, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. But, yeah, we had our own stores and our own businesses and things like that. You know, people were directed to go out. Like, we had a lot of construction companies that the elders and the older men would start. And they would employ the young boys to support the families. So, I mean, we grew a lot of our own food. Mm-hmm. I grew up milking cows and riding horses and doing all of that. And we had over 100 chickens, you know, made our own cheese and yogurt and all of that. Oh, wow. There's a lot of good that came out of that it. Is, like, yeah. I can cook a full five-course meal by the time I'm 12, you know? I mean, yeah, there's a lot more. I mean, I, interesting, though, that you were saying that, like, there wasn't a lot of love being shown. There wasn't. It was weird because we were really close as families. Like, we worked together. We were homeschooled together and all of that. Mm-hmm. But there just, that wasn't really a part of it. Okay. Um, so how did you finally get out, or why? Was there something that just pushed you over, or was it when that girl went out? Here's the kicker. Okay. So I didn't even know about that girl until after I was out. Oh, okay. My stepdad 
was kicked out when I was 10 years old, which was very much of a relief for me. He was very physically abusive. To everybody? Yes. Well, he had like 50 people to abuse. Yeah, someone was going to get smacked. Like, <laughs> holy shit. Damn, that's someone a Someone was going to get hit. There yeah. was a ton of us kids, and we were not, no, we were not good kids. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> And he was, okay, and he was the man of the house. Yeah. Yeah. So at 10, he got kicked out of the religion? Yes. So when I was 10 years old, he gets excommunicated. What did he do wrong? I have no idea. Even still, they don't need an explanation to do these things. They just say it's a direction from God. It's revelation. You've committed a sin. You're you're out. That's crazy. I don't know. They they keep doing that. That's weird. I mean, a lot of the men, so many of them, yes. Did they want your mom and the sister to marry another dude after that? They never remarried because now Warren is oh. essentially in jail. Yeah. And then he basically put a ban to all sex. So even if you're married, you can't have sex anymore. That was in 2013. So. 2013? They're not supposed to have sex since 2013? Are you not having any more children then? There's ha- there's not hardly any of them born after that. Yeah. Well, if they were, then that would be a sin, right? And you would be excommunicated. Yeah. Exactly. And there's no form of birth control. Let's just say that. There. It's considered murder of unborn children to have contraception of any form. Oh, my gosh. Even a condom? Even a condom. Even pulling out. And even... Oh, my gosh. Even, like, uh, masturbation for men is considered murder of of unborn children. Holy shit. And you can get sent away forever, is what they say. You don't (laughs) have the chance to... Yeah. These poor guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So... So when he got arrested, he put out that no sex? It was about seven years after he got arrested. He's like, if I'm not having sex, none of y'all are having sex. He claimed it was because we were unworthy to bring in more souls into the earthly realm or whatever. How many people are listening to this guy? If you count all the communities, there's one in Canada, there's one in Texas, there's one in Short Creek, which is, it's right on the border. I call it Short Creek because that's our hometown. Half the town is Colorado City, Arizona. The other half is Hilldale, Utah. It's okay. split by the border. So, okay. And there was a group, I think, in North Dakota and Colorado. So there's probably about ten to 12,000 people that are following him in total. Wow. And they're just listening. And if anyone was to talk back, then they'd probably be booted also. Oh, they. we were told from a young age he could read your thoughts. So if you even think something bad about the prophet or the word of God, then you are essentially sinning. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. So how did you get out? Uh, Your your stepdad got booted at 10. Yes. And And he was, I always got teased that I would marry him, which was a real possibility. Like, girls always got placed by their stepdads. If there was no blood relation, it would happen. What? That was a normal thing? Very normal, yes. Oh, my God. How gross is that? Like, okay. (laughs) Okay, yeah, okay, go ahead. Anyway, so I was always afraid that I was going to be replaced by him. And so he gets kicked out. I'm like, oh, my God, okay, I'm relieved, you know. He's gone. And then he's told he can start coming around when I'm 14. Okay. So he starts coming around the family a little bit, and, you know, he was always a little bit weird with me. I don't know if it's normal for me. It creeped me the hell out, but... Yeah. Like, he would always pull me in really close and, like, whisper, like, right on my face all the time. Mm. And, I mean, this is a guy I'm not related to. Come on, no. you know? What do you look like, just to get a visual? <laughs> well, he's kind of skinny, glasses. I don't want to say it. A little bit Jeffrey Dahmer look. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't want to say uh, it. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I really hope he's doing good things for my mom <laughs> and the kids that are still yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I have to be thankful. He fed me. I have to be thankful for that. He kept me alive and fed me and, you know, supported me. So Yeah. And was he in his, like, 50s, 40s? Yeah. 50s? Yeah, 50s. Okay. Okay, so... Late he, 40s at that time. Okay. So he comes back. He comes back around. He's always, like, kind of... He's just a little bit creepy. Like, mm -hmm. I cut my hair. It's bad to have any cut look on your hair at all. It's bad to have what? A cut look. So you can, like, trim your hair for health reasons, but yeah. you can't have it, like, cut. Like, oh, like, you can't have bangs. You cannot have bangs. Okay. And I was feeling rebellious, and I cut some bangs. Uh-oh. And we went and met up with him at the park, and he pulled me in really close against him. He's just like, I can feel your heart straying away. Like, I can feel. And he was, like, whispering on my face. It's just like, and he's like, he was always, like, so strong, like, his grip. I'd try to pull away all the time, and it was just, like, solid. And I was just like, oh, my God, I can't do this. And so that was essentially, you know, kind of the part where I was like, I can't do this. I, I have to get out. I don't know how, but I have to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I had sort of, when I was six, kind of made that realization as well. Me and my older sister had a conversation. She was seven. And she was like, we can't do this. We can't, we can't keep living like this. Like, at six and seven years old? Yeah. And we were like, hell yeah. We were pretty grown up by then. Yeah. I was changing diapers at seven, you know? Like. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't think I was ever a kid, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, no. No. I mean, there's you eight younger than me, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just in that environment. I mean, you never even got to go to school, right? Yeah, we were homeschooled. Yeah. So it was homeschool, clean the house. We did chores before school. We did chores after school. And. All, like, forms of recreation were banned because they were considered, you know, idle mind and playtime was banned. So, wow. I mean, that's just the way yeah. it was. It yeah. grew up fast. Yeah, you were like a mom right out of the gate. Yeah, yeah I, I knew how to fully function, cook, clean, schedule, 10 kids, all of that by 12. I, I thought I was ready to be married at 12. <laughs> Did you think you were going to get married at 12? It, it was a fear, yeah. It was yeah. a possibility. Because mm -hmm. you always think, okay, they tell you he's going to get out any day now. You know, God is going to strike down and break the prison walls, and he's going to be free. So, yeah, it's a fear all the yeah. time. But did you also, like, want to get married? Like, maybe love someone and be together with someone? Like, or were you not feeling that and that? I wanted to get married when I got a crush on a boy, and I wanted to marry him. Yes. That was what it was. It was never me wanting to get married and be a mom and, yeah. you know, in Zion or whatever they call it. Did you have a crush on anyone? Yeah, I did. Yeah? <laughs> Were you able to, like, hang out with other No, men? no, no. Boys and girls do not hang out at all. No, but in your household, like, was there some that you weren't related to that were boys there were but they were all in their 20s so there was never any sexual oh. interest with any of anybody like and i grew up with them i knew how gross they were they yeah. were all my gross brothers yeah okay. but um yeah i i essentially met another boy through a friend and you know i had a crush on him and was he in the religion yes, yes. Oh, okay and okay. we talked probably a total of four times and you're like we're in love yeah, and I was like, okay, the, I'm not over. It's been four years. <laughs> um, so, okay, so then that was around 14. So how did you actually leave? I, uh, our families, they always separate families whenever they want. Uh, they went through what was called an interview process where you go meet, because there's also the bishop who is Warren's brother. So I'd go meet him. He'd shake your hand, you know, ask you if you were worthy or clean and pure is what he called it. Meaning you're a virgin? I mean, if you don't, everybody there was a virgin. Come on. Yeah. You know, like, all pretty much all the women were virgins. 
I have a 30-year-old sister who's still a virgin. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so what's he asking about clean and pure, just religious? Well, there's no masturbation at all. Uh And so if you masturbate, then you're not clean and pure. If you think impure thoughts about boys, you know, you have a crush on someone, it's considered impure. So write down all the little things that half the world doesn't even matter or know about. Yeah. So you are like, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm good. And, you know, he shakes your hand and claims he fills your spirit. And he's like, okay, you're worthy. So you guys can continue can, can to go to church and be a part of the church. And then people that are not worthy have to live in different households. So we still live in the same town, but they separated families. Oh, so he took out some of your siblings? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you close to these siblings that left? And you're like, oh, my God, what just happened? Yeah. Sort of thing? Okay. Much. And who'd they get to live with? Just random people? Yeah, it was random families. Uh, our family got separated multiple times and moved in with other worthy families. So then it was a whole mess of chaos and you're just crammed together in one big house. Oh my gosh. And I mean, I could see some bad stuff happening from that, right? I mean, was there is that a lot of rape or anything like that happened? It never happened in my life, thank God. Yeah. It did happen with other women, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's like a lot of people living in one house. You never know mm-hmm. what could happen, especially when they're not allowed to masturbate. Exactly. There's <laughs> <laughs> like a whole lot of No, I had, I had some friends that had been raped by their brothers even, like yeah. four brothers, and it, it's terrible. Like, And what do they do when that happens? I mean, you don't dare say anything. You could be to blame. You're the temptress. It, it could be your fault as much as his. Like... That's crazy, but true, and I, I see yeah. where you're coming from, yeah. So they don't say anything? They don't. They never say it. It takes them years. Anybody that has ever talked about it, it takes years and years, and they come out and they mention it because they don't want it to happen to one of their sisters mm-hmm. or younger siblings. Mm-hmm. And what if they get pregnant? Did any of them get pregnant? I mean, you can't use birth control. I don't know any of them that did. Oh, my god! But this was something that probably happened once or twice. And a lot of times they separated the boys and girls. Like, later on, they ended up separating boys and girls, mm-hmm. which kind of solved the problem, but c- created so much weirdness when you got in, you know, social situations. Mm-hmm. But no one's knowing how to act. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Anyway, so yeah. we get separated, and I move in with this other family, and their so-called caretaker. So what they do is they take a priesthood man who has a family, and they put him over another family. As kind of guidance and things like that. So he's not married to the women, but he's considered a caretaker. Is he allowed to have sex with the women? No, no, okay. not at all. Okay, oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. So he just kind of, you know, calls in. We have like morning and evening class where we have to read scripture every morning and every night. So he calls in, makes sure we're doing that, you know, and things like that. But he had a boy, he had a son, and I was 16 at this time, you know, kind of happened a lot. And then later I moved in with them when I was 16. And so we started talking because he'd come over and do chores and, you know, like fix the house and do some plumbing work and things like that. And he was 17. So we started talking and sneaking out at night. Ooh. Yeah. It was fun. There was nothing more thrilling, like (laughs) just sneaking out the window, driving off to the closest town, which is like 30 minutes away. And we would hang in the car and watch movies. He had movies. So that was like me kind of, you know, watching movies and some of that. And Mm -hmm. then. So we essentially uh, kind of got out together. Oh, we moved in with my cousin who had left 10 years before. So I'd gotten on social media and connected with her. Oh, good. You had yeah. someone that knew that and knew how to help. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so you and this dude, like, got to, they, were your boyfriend and girlfriend? Yeah. Okay. And then you went to your cousin? Mm-hmm. We moved in with her, and I, I got into high school. So you ran away? 
Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, did you say bye to your mom? Yes. Um, I tried leaving at 16 because we'd been hanging out, you know, for a couple months and wanted to get out. And, and she's like, you're not going. Like, you're underage. I'll call the cops. I'll bring you back. Like, you're not leaving. So eventually, you know, time passes and she finds out I'm hanging out with this boy. How'd she find out? She saw his car down the road because <laughs> he dropped me off and I'd walk up to the house. Yeah. She was like, I know him because some of my brothers knew him too. And so she called his dad. He was like, he is hanging out with my daughter. And this dad is supposed to be the overall preacher dude, right? He's like, yeah. the, he's like the kind of the caretaker over my cousin's family who I lived with when I met him. Yes. I had, I had moved in with my mom again at this time. so Okay. So she called his dad and almost got him kicked out of the house. And so they gave us an ultimatum to, you know, quit seeing each other or get out. Oh, you're like, okay, that's what, what I've been yeah. wanting to do. What? So I finally did. I was like, yeah, mom, I, like, I, I've had sex. I can't be here anymore. Like, after you have sex, you are excommunicated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, they don't even want to get you back, right? They, they can't. don't. They they, can't. Yeah, you right. can't be there. Yeah. So she's like, okay, I wish you the best, but just, just you know, like, you making that choice. You're, you're dead to me. Like. You, you, you got to go. Oh, wow. So that's essentially how I, I kind of fell on the sword to get out. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey. So you got out. Have you talked to your mom since? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you're not dead to her? I'm not. It took, it took a little bit. It was, you know, about a year before I talked to her again. And then I just showed up at her house. That's what I did. Just showed up. Same like, house. Hey, I'm here to see you. Yeah. Now they've moved her around. They move her around every time I find her now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So they're trying to get... No- they're trying to make it so you don't communicate with her because they don't want you to pull her out. Probably, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she gets in trouble every time she gets talk, you know, caught talking to me on the phone and things like that. But we find ways, of course. And how <laughs> how is she? Uh, my mom has bipolar. She's had it all of her life, mm-hmm. and you know, being placed by different men and dealing with the abuse from my stepdad. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had a lot of mental breakdowns in in my childhood and in my life, and. So she was never really like my mom. I was kind of more her mom at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and she she just had another one not very long ago. So, But she's coming out of it, and she's doing a lot better. And does she want to leave? She doesn't think she can. She doesn't think that she can build a life out here. She doesn't have those kind of skills. So, yeah. I mean, she talked about leaving my whole life. I'm just going to get out of here. No one cares about me. I'm just going to leave. Like, she would say that my whole life. Yeah. So I'm like, Mom, like, if I get a place and I can help support you, are you going to go? And she's like, I can't. And then there's my stepdad who is, you know, the dad to my two younger brothers. And, mm. like, one's 14, the other one's 16. And because she doesn't work and her bipolar, he would probably get custody oh, if yeah. she left. And uh, she doesn't want to lose her kids. I bet you so. want to try to help your siblings, though. Oh, yeah, I do. I do, very much so, but it has to be something they choose. Oh, yeah, you can't force it upon mm-hmm. them, for sure. Um, okay, so you left, and you went to your cousin's with the boy. Yes. <laughs> what was the boy's name? He doesn't like me to say oh, okay. his name. He's really personal. <laughs> okay, all right. But we're not, we're not together anymore, no. but we were for five years. It was, Oh, yeah. nice. And, oh, my God, you guys must have helped each other tremendously. We did so much, but here's the thing. Like, Growing up without your real dad, growing up with an abusive stepdad, all of this, like, I had so much trauma and bullcrap that any time he did something that triggered me, I would get mad at him, and it, honestly, it ruined our relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, because I would be triggered by things I didn't understand. I'm like, why am I angry and hurting over this? Like, it's not even that big of a deal. And that's the thing that people don't talk about with trauma. 
-hmm. is that you have triggers that you are not even aware of. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And how are you going to, have you been working on trying to get out of it? Like, are you going to therapy for it? I did. Uh Yes. And is it hard to find someone that can actually understand what you're going through as a therapist? Because I, I went through, I went to a therapist and she was, she seemed more intrigued about my life. And then she once was like, I understand. And I just blew, I was like, like, fuck you. Like, sorry for my language. I don't know. No, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I was like, fuck you. Like, you don't understand yeah. any of this. So never say you understand that. But I ended up finding a therapist who works with a lot of people that come from these cults. Mm-hmm. Her name was Mary. She is associated with Holding Out Health. They're a nonprofit organization that help people from cults. Oh, like, nice. they helped me get my GED. They helped me because I went to high school, but I was working full time. I was supporting myself. Is this when you got out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in high school, I essentially ended up in the ER with a kidney infection because mm-hmm. no sleep, way too much caffeine, yeah. up all night. You probably never had caffeine before. Did you have caffeine? I mean, we had coffee. I've been drinking coffee since I was nine. Uh-huh. And then they told us to stop drinking it. But, I mean, I drank it a lot. Yeah. But I've never had energy drinks. You like Red Bull? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you started going to high school. Yes. Okay. And, and that was a complete culture shock. Oh, my so God. Like, like, you're like, I need a new outfit. I, I can't be yeah. going in this long, long Oh, my gosh. Was, yeah. Finding my style was definitely a challenge. Like, now I feel like I'm pretty good with it, and I like it. But, like, I went from, like, you know, jeans and baggy T-shirts, and I just looked weird. And I was like, okay, I don't like that. And then I would experience new things. But I kind of, you know, dress a little hoary sometimes, and my boyfriend's like, this isn't the girl I fell in love with. Like, who are you? Don't dress like that. I don't like that. And I was like, you're just being controlling. Uh, there was a whole fight about that all the time. It was just a constant battle because, I mean, he didn't sign up for me trying to figure out who I am, and I didn't yeah. sign up for him trying to figure out yeah. who he was. Like, we were definitely trauma-bonded, but, like, we were changing so much. Mm-hmm. We were both growing up, you know, from 16 to 20. Yeah. Oh, my God. And from 16, like, you guys knew nothing about the outside world or about who you were as a person. I mean, it's phenomenal that you guys had each other. Yeah. I mean, because if you didn't have each other, who knows if, how you would have gotten out, you know? I, I probably would have went off the deep end. Like, I probably got would have went into drugs and yeah. had it out. I, mean, I probably would have went over the edge if not for him. Like, I... Thank God every single day that he yeah. kept me reined in as much. I mean, it was it was hard and controlling at times, but he kept me from making decisions that I would have regretted later. Yeah, and where's he at now? He lives in Florida. He's doing great. Oh. Um, he works for a company he's been working for for years, but he's moved up in the company. Let me see. He's 24 now, mm-hmm. so okay. he's doing good. Well, where was your cousin living when you moved in with her? Salt Lake City. Okay, so you went to Utah. How'd you end up in California? <laughs> My fiance now, uh, I moved to Nevada with him, and I, I started doing real estate, and then he got a job opportunity here, and he moved us in three days. So. Oh. <laughs> How long have you been living here? Uh, about a year and a half. Okay. so Nice. And you met him in Utah? He's from the same cult. This one? Yes. Really? Yes. Wait a minute. You guys knew each other then? No. Not at all. When I met him, I had no idea that he was from the same place. How did you meet? He was living here at the time, okay. working for the Lawrence, mm-hmm. as you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I was living in Salt Lake, and I was engaged to my first boyfriend. I was 18 at the time, and I got the opportunity to model for, like, a truck show that was they were doing in St. George, Utah, mm-hmm. which is, like, an hour from our town, our hometown. 
And so I was down there modeling, and he had rented a Lamborghini. He brought it in, and I got pictures on the car, but we didn't even talk. Like, I didn't know him at all. And then he got my social media from my sister because he knew her when they were kids because there's eight years between us. Okay, okay. Um, and so he got my Instagram. He was like, hey, if you're ever in Sacramento, let's hang out. And I, I didn't reply. I was like, when am I going to meet in Sacramento? Yeah. Come on. Mm-hmm. And I was engaged. So I didn't really talk to him. And he ended up, like, liking my stories for, like, a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And when I broke it off with my boyfriend, or when we broke it off, you know, however it happened, then I started replying to his conversations online and uh, found out he was from the same place. And I knew his sisters. The same town? And same I town. I knew his sisters. What if his s- last name is the last name of my stepdad, so that's kind of weird. <laughs> was he related to your stepdad? Yes. What the fuck is happening <laughs> right now? What? Yeah. How are they related? Uh, his, my, let me see, his dad, so his birth dad, because he, he also had a stepdad, by the way. Yeah. And he was raised a Jessup, and his last name's Barlow, and I, I'm a Fisher, and I was raised a Barlow. So his stepdad, or his real dad, and my stepdad are cousins. Okay. And how did he get out? Like does He, he also left with a girl. Oh, <laughs> he's got a great story. Yeah. He was, like, in the raid in Texas. Like, he went to Texas after the big raid happened down there. Like, his story is, wow. Why did he go down there? He was directed to. To what, do cleanup or? He was a security guard for the exterior of the compound. So he went there after the raid? Yeah. So he wasn't there during? He wasn't there during, but his family was, a lot of his siblings. Did they get taken? Yeah. Where are they now? Like those, a lot of them are still in, some of them are out. A lot of his brothers have left and now they have kids and they're married and it's fun. It's really fun, but. Man, that's crazy. Well, that's awesome that you guys find. Now, now you both have that upbringing that you can just that's the thing is like i dated i actually dated an lds guy guy for like three weeks what lds so mainstream mormon oh lds because we're f lds what's f mean fundamentalists what's the difference i mean one's polygamy one's not okay one's ran by an almighty decider the other one's not as dictatorship ish i guess okay but uh so i dated him for like it was like three weeks or so like, we didn't even have a physical relationship, you know, and uh-huh. he's, they're all no sex before marriage, and I ended up joining the LDS church, kind of, because I liked him, but, I mean, it broke up, and I'm not really active anymore, but um, it was weird. We would try to talk about things, and he just, he couldn't really handle, like, some of the stuff that was so normal to me, and he was like, that's too, that's too much, or that's heavy, whereas, like, with Manti, my fiance, you know, he's like, Okay, I get this. We grew up this way, but there's not that trauma bond that's, like, the only bond we have. Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely... It's genuine. Yeah. There's real attraction, you know? Yeah, it's a necessity for you to have someone that you can talk to that has some sort of ability to understand. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. if you don't understand something, it's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to make it work with someone who couldn't understand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure you... Are you familiar with the other religions as well? Like, um, jo- like my husband that you met, he was uh, he grew up in Jehovah's Witness. Okay, I've heard of it. Yes, and I mean, there's a lot of positive um, stuff that he learned. You know, like he's there's a lot of positivity, but they don't uh, celebrate any sort of you know holidays. Same with us. Yeah, and birthdays or all that, which is like whatever. But the one thing that I really dislike about his religion is they are disfellowshipped. Or excuse me, disfellowshipped. They disfellowship 
people. Yeah. Like, ours does exactly, yeah. but you had a different term for it. It's communicated. Yeah. And so there's someone that I talked to that, um, like, my husband's been out since before I met him, but someone that I know uh, that is trying to get back in to the religion because his daughters are in it. Oh, makes sense. And the sense. daughters will not talk to him unless he's in it. But he told me that he... He goes through therapy with a woman. Um, I'll have to give you her contact yeah. after this because I don't have it. I'll have to ask him. But she deals with cults, you know, and she was in it. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. So she's able to try to help because there's so much craziness that goes on because you you grow up in that sort of situation thinking it's normal. Yeah, that's the thing is like even like abuse, like physical, like my stepdad was bad. Yeah. Say that. Like, I have scars from it and stuff like that. Oh, my God. What yeah. kind of, like, was he taking Just, like, weapons? two by fours. And, oh, uh, just two like, by fours? You know, I got, I got striked with a bullwhip once and, you know, pretty basic stuff, but it was just the, the level of it. Um, yeah. Just, just, you would just talk back or something and he just hit you with a two by four? I mean, you, sometimes you just came in swinging. It didn't make sense. I mean, I didn't dare talk. I was terrified of him. I never talked back unless I was, like, when I was a kid, yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't, I wasn't scared of him. I didn't know him. Like, the one time I told him he wasn't my real dad, and, you know, he took me out, slammed me down on the concrete. I was, you know, it was nighttime, cold outside. It gets cold there. It was, like, snowy on the ground. He took me out, slammed me down on the concrete, and told me to stay there. Uh, and you were, like, six. I was three. Three? Yeah. Oh, my God. And I, I peed my pants because I was terrified. Uh -huh. Ran in the back door. He came storming into the room, to, and I was like, why are you so mad? Like... You know, you're not my dad. I wasn't lying there, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I was, like, laying on the floor hitting my leg in, in class. So it was just I wasn't being proper in our family gathering. And that's why that happened. Mm-hmm. And then other times you weren't even doing anything and he was just mad? Well, like, uh, when I was younger, I had really big tonsils. So I always snorkeled and I was always, you know, because I couldn't breathe very well. Uh -huh. I, I got them out. I got them out when I was seven. But I, I did that and he said that is very unladylike, very like unmannerly like go outside and i'll deal with it later and he you know took me over his knee and hit me with a two by four. Oh my god so it was really it was just like a thing you know it just happened every once in a while yeah and what's your mom doing during this she can't stand up against her priesthood head because he's she's just as scared as i am that's terrible essentially oh like, my gosh and all of the cops they're part of the community you know you call 911 they tell you you're going against what you're directed to do what? Yeah. 911 is your... Dispatch. Community? All of the cops and everything were a part of the cult. Like, everything. The mayor was. <laughs> it's, it was kind of like a com like a communist group. I mean, sort of. It was a dictatorship. We called it an ominous dictatorship. That's unbelievable that in this day and age, this is actually existing. And it's still existing. Still? To a degree. When, when they took him uh, in prison, the like, lady, Elisa, actually sued the trust. United Effort Plan is what it's called. And so they've broken the trust up, and now it's subdivised. It's not owned by them anymore. And now there's outsiders living in that town, and a lot of us got evicted because they weren't paying taxes on the land. Oh. <sighs> My life is a pile of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they weren't paying taxes no. because it was in that trust. Well, the trust yeah. owners weren't paying taxes, yeah. so, like, we had built houses on all this land, you know, they put their money into these, and these houses, like I said, they're huge, 13 bedroom homes, you know, 30 bedroom homes, one of them had, like, 100 bedrooms, like, what? they're huge compounds, Oh my god! and 
you put millions of dollars into building this home and then you go against what they say they own the land so you are essentially kicked off of it wow and your family is born and raised there lived there their mm-hmm. whole lives like and they built the house mm-hmm. like your dad your mm-hmm. dad built the house yep and he got kicked out of it now it was given to another family that's nuts yeah okay but now that this guy's in jail or excuse me prison it's still getting ran to a certain degree all the believers still believe that he is essentially god on earth or the prophet and in prison in prison uh, yeah. exactly it doesn't make any sense no does he keep writing letters to them or something yes. yeah yeah he still has revelations and he sends them all this crazy wackadoo and what, <laughs> what prison is he in he's in uh prison in texas palestine because when they had the oh wait raid the 2008 raid on the compound they found uh, evidence in the temple that he had had sex with a 12-year-old. Mm. So that was enough to put him away for life in 20 years. Oh, so. my gosh. Okay, so if he dies, what are, what are these people going to do? Or when he dies? Yeah, his his son, Helaman, will probably say he's directed by God to keep it going. How old is that guy? I think he's 40s. I think he's a nephew, not his son. I think it's his nephew. Okay. But as of right now, no one's supposed to be having sex. No one's supposed to be having sex. No one gets married. So it's kind of dwindling away. And so many people are leaving now that they're finding out the truth and things like that. Yeah, but there's still like tens of thousands of people that are still believing. I would say at least five. Five thousand? probably half of what it was. Oh, five thousand? Yeah. Well, good. Well, hopefully more people understand what's real out there. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, are you trying to contact your siblings at all? I do. I have a little bit of contact with my baby sister. She's 14. Oh. Yeah. And what's her take on it? I, for her own safety and things like that, I'm not going to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's still in. Oh, yeah. So I don't want to. Uh, even saying I have contact is probably not a good thing. On yeah. Here. Okay. So, man, what about your older siblings? Most of them are out. Okay. I have three older sisters that are out. And then, you know, my oldest brother, he's the one that passed away, so. Yeah. But, yeah, my three oldest, and then a couple of the other uh, mom's kids are out. Okay. But I think it's, like, three or four of them, so. Well, man, do you guys have any sort of, like, group that you guys can talk in? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, is there any way for you guys to come together? I mean, me and my older sisters, we talk on a daily basis. We have a Snapchat group. We all okay. get on there, and, oh, my God, it's hilarious because there's so much drama, and there's so much... You know, like, one of them's mad because my little brother, Leroy, who is from my, you know, my full brother from my, the one that's still there. He's, mm-hmm. But he's 20 years old now, and he's still there, and he tends mom and makes her be obedient and blocks our numbers on her phone to all, like, oh, my God, Leroy's being such a little <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, so, is, is there a way for, like, anyone that's trying to get out? Is there any help for them? Like, do they know how to reach someone to help them get out? It all depends on what degree of contact. Like, if they have a phone to contact for help is the main thing. Yeah. Most people don't. A lot of people, like, young people don't. But who would they contact? Holding out help in Salt Lake. Oh, so this is a group. It's a nonprofit organization, Mm -hmm. and they have actually helped people, like kids. They've helped a 15-year-old kid actually get adopted into a family out there, and now he's doing great. He's actually, you know, uh, military, but he's not active, Mm -hmm. so he's reserved. And now he's becoming a police, and he's building a life for himself, and he got out at 15 and got adopted into a family. Oh, nice. So this is a nonprofit that their sole purpose is to try to help 
children or just in general? Anyone, anyone from cults because you get out, doesn't matter what age you are, you don't know anything. Exactly. So like your mom. Yeah, exactly. They would help her. Yes. Like, do they help them get housing? Yes. And jobs and education? Like you said, your GED. So they try to help you become self-efficient. They don't like give you means and things like that. They help you, you know, with a job resume and they help you get a job and education and yes, things like that. Resources to help you become independent. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think there would be some sort of child abuse that's going on in these houses. Like, why isn't the why aren't the authorities for CPS or anything getting involved with that many children living in houses? You need to look up the 2008 raid. Yeah, but since 2008, nothing else has happened. Like in Utah, that was the biggest custody case, and they had all of these women going on the news and crying about how they took their children. Oh, my God. So the entire world is against the CPS and against Child Protective Services now. Do you think they're going to touch that again? Oh, my God. So they got totally backlashed for it. Really? That's terrible. And there was evidence of girls being raped in Texas. But these parents, their minds are so brainwashed that they... they think that that's what God wants. And so they, (laughs) they tell these kids that they're happy. So even the kids that have been taken away, they're like, you're just taking me from my mom. They don't know anything else. Oh, my gosh. That's they, awful. They tell them that, you know, they're the one true chosen group that is going to go to heaven. They're the one true work of God on earth. So you are happy, regardless if you're miserable or not. You are happy. You are essentially just supposed to be happy all the time. So when you're born and raised like that, and then you are taking into an environment that is completely strange for you. Like, they took 400 kids. That's crazy. They didn't know what to do with them. They didn't know there was that many kids on the ranch. Half of these kids weren't even with their moms because they had taken them away and taken them to Zion is what they called it. Mm-hmm. How did they get into that raid? Like, how, do you know the, the meaning, like, what happened? They got an anonymous call from a girl under the name Sarah Barlow who said she was being abused. They were not able to find a Sarah Barlow. Mm-hmm. Uh, they interviewed all the young girls, and then they found a lot more evidence than they were yeah trying to find like we don't have enough help for this they didn't they essentially did not have enough help for that and they had nowhere to put these kids like it was the biggest custody case i think ever in the united states oh my gosh i'm gonna look that up when we were finished here that's crazy well man well thank you for sharing all this (laughs) of course is there anything else that you want to tell us or to help anyone that might be stuck in this sort of situation Uh, I would just say there's always help. Like, making the decision to break away from something like that is life-changing. And it's the scariest thing you'll ever do. Mm -hmm. Because you're essentially diving into the the pool without knowing how to swim. You're diving into the deep end and you're figuring it out. The unknown, for sure. Yeah. And everything that you've been told not to do your whole entire life. Exactly. Yeah. And you have no, like, they don't teach you about safe sex. They don't teach you anything about sex at all. Just not to do it. Just not to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say for anyone getting out, like, there is help. There is holding out help. I mean, there are ways to contact, call anyone you know that is out, and they can get you in touch with holding out help. Mm -hmm. Pretty much anyone that's out can get you in touch. Okay. And essentially make the choice for you. Don't make it because of any sort of, even me, I won't pressure my sister to make that choice because I know the mental toll it takes on you to make that choice. It has to be for you. Mm-hmm. So as messed up as it is, you have to make that choice on your own. Yeah. And how happy are you that you did? Oh, my God. <laughs> so much. <laughs> Serious. Could you imagine? No, no. Oh, my goodness. Like, now I'm building a career. In fact, I just got a promotion, and I'm a 23-year-old. I mean, I never went to college, but, you know, I, like, I've done a lot of schooling and a lot of reading. 
and I got a, you know, I got a good pay raise, and I'm like, how is a 23-year-old that didn't go to college making this? Like, it feels unreal to me. You probably have some good work ethic. Oh, heck yes. Yeah. Anybody from there <laughs> will work. Yeah, that is definitely. And that's how I got the promotion. I put my head down and worked harder than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how you're going to make it out here. Yeah, for sure. Well, and then when are you getting married? I heard you said fiancé? We don't have plans yet. Um, we were going to set a date, and then we moved last minute, and it's kind of just put everything on hold. Mm-hmm. And then he's done some, you know, growth. He's, you know, he went to what is called the Modern Day Night Project. What's that? It's basically 25 hours of helic training for oh. Navy SEALs. Oh, is he going in the military? No. He just did it for fun? He did it <laughs> to deal with a lot of the traumas and beliefs that he had in his, like, about himself. Oh, it will, it, it's a lot, but what is it? I might send my husband there just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> is it just a little bit of 25 hours of torture sort of thing? One of the guys got med rolled. Let's just say that. But it's basically something you can quit anytime you want, but if you get through it, you graduate, and you have basically a brotherhood that they're all, a lot of them are in business, a lot of them will coach you. What? It's huge. Where did you go for that? Chino Hills, California. Okay, and what was the cost? Eighteen grand, eighteen thousand dollars for torture. But he gets a whole year of coaching from multi-millionaires who have been doing this for years. What? And the mental breakthroughs that you make doing something like that—like he knows there's nothing he can't do. Okay, what? Give some examples of what he went through during this. You said so. It's twenty-five hours straight. Yes. Okay. Night and day. I think they got four hours of sleep. But they start with, like, a test, a physical test, and if you can pass that within a certain amount of time, then you're good to go. And it's mostly to see if you're physically able to make it through this. Mm-hmm. And then they do a lot of they do a lot of physical training, and it's just, it's a lot like military. So these guys are yelling at you and screaming at you. Like, if you watch any training on military, one of these guys is an ex-Marine. Okay. So he's, like, a drill sergeant, and he's like, are you, are you fucking gay? Like, what's going on here? Like, he'll say anything. Yeah. I know that's bad, but yeah. he'll say anything to get to you. So mm-hmm. it's basically mental torture. It's physical. And then they have to go out and just do dumb stuff because they tell him to. Like, they made him move a whole pile of weeds nonstop. Mm-hmm. They've been working all night. Yeah. Then they do, like, an evolution where they're laying in the ocean all night. Oh. All night. Oh. And you can quit anytime. You can yes. ring that bell and quit anytime. Yeah. But if you don't, you graduate. Do they get waterboarded? Yes. They got waterboarded, tortured. In a box? I'm in not box. sure how they did it. I heard I heard about another thing, like they get put in a tiny-ass box. I don't know if they did that. But they did an evolution where they made them dig their own grave. Oh. They got put in a body bag. Oh. And they stayed in the ground for like, I think it was a certain amount of time. But it's basically, it's kind of a rebirth is what it is. That's, that's so interesting. When I watched this video, I was like, oh my God, I don't know if you're going to be okay. Like, yeah. I was like scared for him. When did he do it? Uh, back in September. Okay, so not too long ago. Not too long ago. And he loved it. He said it was, like, the best thing ever. Yeah. Wow. His, like, he, it's so weird. Like, we're out in public, and he's just very attentive. You know, he's very protective of me now. They teach you how to, like, be protective. Teach you how to run, like, run like a gun and things like that, which Mm -hmm. is great. I think everyone should have that knowledge if you're going to carry. And uh, they teach you how to, like, de-escalate a situation. So they did like a stage of like a guy like screaming at a girl and he had a gun it was all fake guns of course and you're mm-hmm. supposed to go in and de-escalate it okay and so they teach you a lot of life skills and then they also teach you how to wrestle and fight and then you know they teach you like one of the evolutions i don't know what it was like they like duct taped them like duct taped their feet and their arms and they had to teach them how to break out of it oh wow so there's a lot of valuable things yeah 
And if you can graduate that, you're, I mean, nothing's going to stop you in building your success in your yeah. life. You're going to have discipline like no other. And he creates some great networking yes. and some great friends yeah. to help him with his future. And he has about 200 guys that have graduated this who, if he needed anything, they're a phone call away. Yeah, those are some savage motherfuckers, I bet. And they're killers, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're killers. <laughs> That's cool. I like that. I mean, that's a lot of money, but... Yeah, it was, eight, it was 18 grand, but, yeah. you know, he called me. I was like, you did what? You spent 18K? Like, what? Uh-huh. But he's completely someone else. Wow. In a way that he's just, like, I know a lot of people deal with trauma. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I always say, trauma can use you or you can use it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because even me, like, I've been a little bitch and a little victim at times, and I wanted to kill myself. And then when I'm out there, like, you know what? Someone beat me up one time. Good. I'm going to use that to go beat, you know, beat down the world and get what I want. Then it works. Yeah. I love it. So that's how I look at it. So even with trauma, something I think I would say to people that go through trauma is, like, it takes a level of awareness. Sorry. Uh, I, oh man, I don't. Okay, sorry. Okay. I should have been prepared here. We'll edit. Okay. It, it takes a d- level of awareness, uh-huh. especially when you start a relationship with someone. Because you're going to get triggered all the time. But it takes a level of awareness to be like, okay, this isn't my partner hurting me. Mm-hmm. It's something that happened to me. And it, nothing, no fault of his. It's something I need to deal with inside. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing because you can ruin everything just from your triggers. I agree. It's like having a bandage wound. Someone pushes up against you and you're like, oh my God, you hurt me. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how did that hurt? Mm-hmm. They have no idea you're wounded. Yeah. And a lot of times you like to take your um, aggression and just everything that's built up inside you on your significant other as a whipping post as well because those are the, the person that's closest to you. Which isn't okay by any means, but it's just natural. That's so. essentially what happened with my first relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, at least you learned from that. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. And then, and I mean, he's not going to take any shit now that he went through that. And that's a good that. thing. Like, he will call me out on my bullshit and I'll be like, I, oh, fuck you. I love you. Like, thank you. Like, we get up and we work out every morning at 4 in the morning. Oh, wow. Like, we're at the gym, and there are days I'm like, I just don't want to do it. And uh-huh. he's like, get your ass up. We're going to the gym. Yes. I'm like, thank you. Yes. And then when I'm, you know, loving my body, I'm like, thank you. That exactly. was awesome, you know. Have you guys done the ice bath? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We do that a lot. Yes. <laughs> we we are doing it every day, and it is so amazing. It's funny. Okay. I hate getting into it. Like, yeah. like the fir- the couple minutes before is just more torture than actually doing it. Exactly. Because I'm like, my <laughs> brain's just like, this is going to suck. Why are you doing it? It's so fucking cold. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm like tricking my brain. Like, okay, there's a huge, I've just showed you this clip. This comedian, Nate, he's hilarious. And he talks about how one side of your brain's really smart and the other side's really stupid. Like, your one side of the brain's so stupid, you could actually trick it with your smart side. Yeah. And so that's what I do. I put my bathing suit on. I'm like, I'm going to go in the hot tub. I'm going to go in the hot tub outside, you know, because I have a hot tub right out there. I'm like, walk into it, and I just dunk into the ice. I'm like, (laughs) ah, I tricked my brain. Good. (laughs) Yeah. But doing that daily is so good for your body. And your mind, you know what it does for your mind? Mm-hmm. The dopamine effect, yes. the, the rush of blood, mm-hmm. and all of it. It's phenomenal. And I'll tell you something, like me coming out here and getting into the job I have, there are times I'm like, do I have the experience and the knowledge to do this? Like, I'm not going to lie, I don't hope my boss doesn't watch this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but there are times I'm like, do am I enough to do this? And I have, you know, po- imposter syndrome so bad. Yeah, yeah. But 
doing like an ice bath like that every morning kind of just resets everything mm-hmm. i'm like if i can get in this ice bath for i've done five minutes that's the longest i've done yeah perfect just to get, don't go over six yeah and i'm like if i can do that i can do anything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's just that mental toughness that you you know and you're certain of that's in there yeah and yeah. i think that's necessary to succeed in, in this world especially with the way things are and that um, imposter syndrome, everyone has it. I know, you everyone. Know? I mean, no one's really 100% confident in anything they do, but they got to fucking pretend they did, are. They exactly, exactly. You know, and that's the only way to become successful. So, well, awesome. Thank you again for coming and sharing. Of course. And of hopefully course. we do help. I, you never know who's going to watch this and it might actually trigger them being able to help themselves, you know. Yeah that's the biggest thing is like you can you can go through all the therapy you want therapy never like to be honest with you wasn't therapy that helped me it was me deciding that I wanted to help myself Mm -hmm. therapy helped me become aware of things but I didn't you know I don't have anything against therapy in fact I recommend it because it helped for me but it helped me become aware of things and as soon as I decided to help myself that's when it started working just like alcoholism and everything unless you want to help yourself you're not getting anywhere Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I fully agree. Okay, all right. Of well, thank course. you. Don't miss out on a single moment of the real life with Lacey. Hit that subscribe button so you'll always be the first to know when a new episode drops. Together, we'll keep uncovering the authenticity of life. Subscribe now and join our vibrant community of real stories and real connections.